Welcome to Picks with the Professor, the podcast where a real statistics professor and the Luigi to his Mario, Jake, gives you sports betting tips. I am Professor Sides. You can follow me and find all my picks on Twitter at Professor Sides. You can follow my friend Jake on Twitter at my friend underscore Jake. Today is Wednesday, February 9th, 2022, and this episode covers today's best college basketball bets. In case you're new here, I have built a mathematical model that predicts what the spread and total should be for every Division I college basketball game. That information, along with a graded A, B, or C pick for each of today's games, is available in the Google Sheet that is linked in the show's description. A picks are the ones I love, B picks are the ones I like, and C picks are the links. However, please remember that good and bad variants will occur, so as much as I'd like to say the model will be profitable each and every day, that is an impossible reality. For any gambler, uh, Jake, you know, I say this in two days in a row, it, you know, it's been one of those good variance days, right? It's been a, a fantastic week for the model. Uh, it's up ROI over 23% for the week, obviously not sustainable, but we need these nice big runs to, to handle out when there are the bad variance days. Um, game breakdowns, I went 5-0 and again, so that's 10-0 and for me on the game breakdowns for the week. Again, that won't continue either. I'd, I'd love that. That'd be fantastic, right? But, yeah, that's uh, absolutely incredible run. Yeah, you're, you're not going to go undefeated for too long, but it's it's fun while it lasts. Um, a lot of good games last night, a lot of interesting finishes. Um, we didn't talk about it at all yesterday, but it, it, I just want to mention, just in case y'all missed it, the first half, second half totals in the Clemson-North Carolina game were mind-blowing. The first half had, I think, like three points total, and the second half had about 212-ish. I think those are yeah, approximate numbers. Exactly. Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty close. Um, that was bonkers. If you missed that, just go look into. I don't know what they drank it. They drink the MJ, you know, uh, juice the from Space stuff. Jam, the secret stuff, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, other than that, Jake, uh, what do you have for us from last night? Yeah. Well, Purdue absolutely showed in the second half why they were a number one ranked team. I mean, absolutely took off. They were down two at half, I think, and then just boom, pushed it out to almost twenty real quick. And Illinois yeah. looked confused and lost and I, w- I would be too Illinois was not shooting well and then every time he turned around there was Jaden Ivey was making a huge play or Sasha was draining a big three it just, they couldn't breathe last they night could, they couldn't miss yeah yeah and then they had Auburn woo they they only lose in overtime apparently so that's something fun good to know um, right but, <laughs> yeah but Arkansas forced 23 turnovers Killed their three-point shooting. I think they, I think they kept Auburn to like twenty-something percent. I mean, Jabari Smith and Walker Kessler had great games, but I mean, Arkansas played out of their mind, just like they need to, and probably honestly knocked their way into March Madness right there because like they've got a few other big games on the schedule, and if they can win one or two in the SEC tournament, I, they'll have a decent seed. But I think that win will put them over the over the bubble there. I think they've won nine straight now. Is that right? They're starting to play a whole lot, a whole lot better, right? Earlier in the season, Arkansas was a little up and down, didn't quite know what to make of them. Kind of a disappointment, in my opinion, early on. But really getting it rolling now, I mean, it's the right time to do it. Um, and Auburn, you talk about losing overtime. I thought it was interesting. You kind of mentioned it. I'd forgotten about that UConn loss. That seems like ages ago. And I remember when that happened, that game going to overtime, and that just being kind of a wonky ending there. And just to think that that was the only other loss that they have all season until last night is just kind of crazy. I mean, it, Auburn's still a very, very good team. Um, you know, just kind of ran into a, a team playing as well as they can, uh, you know, wrong time of the season on the road, right? That happens. No one's going to go undefeated. So 
taking nothing away from Auburn, just give Arkansas credit. Yeah. A great picture of Muss out there with his arm in a sling, no shirt as they storm the floor. Like, that's just like that. He's going to be a coach there for a long time because people are going to love stuff like that. And yeah, there's nothing yep. really to do with Fayetteville. So he's going to be a hero there with wins like this. Yep. Yep. Uh, before we get to today's slate, a reminder, like, subscribe, follow, rate, all of those things. We appreciate them and they help us out a ton. Drop a comment if you're on YouTube. We love those. and We try to respond to as many as we can. Uh, tonight, we have a ton of games, a little over 50, I believe. Uh, we're going to start off with 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central. Houston is now a seven and a half point favorite as of this morning at SMU. The model makes us about seven for Houston. I locked in yesterday, Houston minus six as a B pick. So a couple things. Uh, there tends to be about one of these games now per morning that moves a little bit like this. So just as a reminder, you can follow on Twitter. I will post every time I update that Google Sheet, anytime I lock in a pick. So you would have been able to get jump in at six last night with me. Um, that would have helped now as the numbers moved out. I still think this number is probably a little bit low. Houston was a little concerning after those injuries, but they've played surprisingly well. They've been a great team to back. And the last thing I'll point out, the model has liked SMU this year. The model's gone four and one on A or B picks of SMU, but the model kind of thinks this is the time to flip now. Houston, just a different class of team. I know it's on the road. Um, as good as SMU is, I just don't think they have the horses, pun intended with them being the ponies, right, to hang with the Cougars tonight. Jake, what's your take? Yeah, I'm with you there. I still think the seven and a half is a little too low. Um, this Houston team is like an incredible team team there's not a ton of star talent on this team anymore like after losing sasser but i mean this might be samson's best coaching job of his career like yep. the way he has handled all these injuries losing three of their best and now walker jr is questionable for tonight i don't know if he's going to play um, but i mean he lost caleb mills to florida state and he has still got this team performing at a top five level and really not talked about. I don't understand why they're not being talked about. They're incredible defense, really good offense. And SMU just turns the ball over a little too much with about 18% of their possessions ending in a turnover. So it's, that's going to lead to a lot of a lot of points for this very good um, Houston team. But Kendrick Davis is the guy to watch. He's so much fun for SMU. Like He is just a fun guy to watch. He averages about 19.5 points. And he's a little guy too, so it's just kind of fun to watch him go around and just make make fools of people. But I don't I don't think he's going to quite get to his average tonight. I think uh, this Houston team is good enough to contain him, and that's one of the big reasons I think this number is too low. Yeah, you talk about Houston not getting a lot of respect. It's a good point. I mean, almost every projection system that you can look at has Houston as top five, and they're not talked about like a top five team, but they are really good. And like you said, all praise in the world to, to Kelvin Sampson, who, you know, if you had any doubt of him being a Hall of Fame coach after what last year getting to the Final Four and now this year, like you said, one of his one of the greatest coaching jobs he's ever going to be able to have i mean just fantastic back-to-back -back years for him you know literally putting on a coaching clinic down there showing you how to do it um houston i think uh jake you agree with me here the side to be on tonight uh another game between uh couple men majors that should be a little interesting 8 p.m eastern 7 p.m central missouri state at drake it's a three-point spread the model is taking the under. Yesterday I locked in 143. Now it's at 142. The model thinks it should be closer to 141. 
Interestingly enough, the model has played exclusively overs on these two teams. Missouri State hasn't really been an over team, though. Drake slightly to the over, but nothing concerning, not like maybe a Northwestern State or somebody who just decides, let's try to get to 200 total points every game. Um, and so the model going under here, also with a tight game, right? Possessions are going to matter. Look for the possessions to slow down in the second half. Um, a handful of using the full shot puck looking for the best shot possible keeps us under the total. Uh, Jake, who's going to win this one? I'm, I'm leaning Missouri State to pull it out. Um, I definitely like them plus the points here. Um, these teams are very similar in how they play and their how their makeup is and where they rank in almost every statistic, really. They're within a few spots of each other, but Drake, for some reason, just has not been able to cover at home. They're 3-7 and seven against the spread at home, and that's that's just not very good. <laughs> like that's not a way to make money as picking a team that's covering less than half the time at home. Um, they both, like you said, take care of the ball very well. Um, they shoot the ball well. They're not nothing special defensively, but not bad. Missouri State's a little more efficient on the offensive end, ranking 18th, where to Drake's 32nd. But Drake ranks right around Alabama and Auburn, just to kind of give a kind of range of where they're at. Um, but it should be a fun two-man matchups on either side with uh, Tucker Derives and Garrett Strutz for Drake with uh, George Pym and Isaiah Mosley going at it for uh, Missouri State. It should be a fun watching those one-two get punches go at each other. I think Missouri State just gets the better of them because I think Isaiah Mosley is just a little bit better of a player. But that's that's where I think the difference is. But it wouldn't surprise me if Drake won by like one or two. But I think Missouri will pull it out. All right, all right, yeah, should be an interesting one there. So if you have the opportunity, check those. That give some love to the smaller schools there. At the same time, we have Baylor at Kansas State. Baylor out to a six-point favorite right now. The model makes it closer to seven. So I locked in a B pick yesterday on Baylor. Minus five and a half, of course, depending on the book, right? If you shop around, I always encourage people to have, you know, two or three books, shop around, you can grab a five and a half to six, right? Half a point here and there just by that. This one's an interesting game for me. You know, Baylor really struggling of late. Jake, what's your take? I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Baylor, and it's more to do with how um, Kansas State is struggling here recently. They're more of uh, they're just having such a hard time. They're not doing great defensively, and that was their calling card beforehand because they don't, their offense isn't wonderful at all. They've only scored about 67 and a half a game, and they've lost seven of their last 11. It's and one of those was to Baylor by almost 30. So I don't I don't think the home court advantage is going to make up 20 plus points. Um, I think Baylor gets it done. It's really just health. They're 15 and 0 when fully healthy, but as, as they've missed pieces here and there, that's where they've started dropping games. So with LJ Cryer questionable tonight, I think it's a little closer than the, their previous matchup, but I still think they get it done in the 10 to 15 range. All right, then another Big 12 game. We've got the 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, Tech minus 3.5 at Oklahoma. The model is taking over 127.5. It's under 127 uh, right now. 
Tech has been an under team. They obviously have a great defense, but they can go over. They've done it a few times this season. It's all about playing the number. Um, I like the fact that this is still under 130. I think they can get there. Just a side note with Tech, of course, when Tech goes under the number, they go way under the number. And so hopefully we can avoid that fate. But if they don't have, as long as we can avoid one of those 52 to 45 type whatever ugly games that they occasionally find themselves in, I think this number is too low and we can get over that total. Jake, which side are you on? Yeah, I'm on Texas Tech. I've been riding them all year. There's no reason to stop, especially with this Oklahoma team. They have all of a sudden, the, all their steam just went away. and they're, They've lost four of their last five and they've only scored above 65 once in those four losses um, while allowing about 70 points a game. So that, like, they're on average losing by about five. And this Texas Tech team only allows about 60 points and then scores about 75. Oklahoma is going to need an absolutely massive game out of Tanner Groves and then some help to get through this Texas Tech defense. And I just don't think they have it. I think the way Texas Tech plays, they're going to take advantage of every every turnover, and it's going to be big. And I don't think Oklahoma's, Oklahoma will force enough turnovers for a slightly sloppy Texas Tech team to make this get down inside the single digits. I think it's going to be about 10 to 15 point game. Yeah, it sounds like we're looking for about a 70 to 60 tech win on this one, uh, which which seems very plausible with, with these two teams. You talk about Groves, of course. He's a fantastic player. We've mentioned it before in this pod. He kind of is all Oklahoma has, and that's unfortunate because if he had – you know, someone else to go with him, maybe a couple guys or whatever. This Oklahoma team has some potential to make a run in the tournament, but they're just it's all on his back. And so they'll go as far as he carries them. And that can work potentially in the first round. But at some point when you get up against a team that can handle that and can scheme against that, they're gonna they're gonna have trouble doing anything if somebody stops him. Yeah, we saw what he did with Eastern Washington in that Kansas mm-hmm. matchup in the NCAA tournament last year. So he can carry a team. He just needs it's just, just a little bit of help. Like from somebody because yeah. to get through and then but playing at Eastern Washington much easier to make the tournament than through going through a nasty Big Twelve this year. Yeah, yeah. At some point, right? We talk about the Big Twelve is loaded and all the teams are good, right? But but nine teams probably aren't going to make it, and so they are kind of clawing at that bottom to be one of those teams, right? Well, will seven make it? Will eight make it? Um, and if so, right? Which which couple teams are left out of that? And Oklahoma's fighting to not be one of those. So yeah, big games here for Oklahoma in February, and of course the tournament, the conference tournament will be large for them as well. Also in that late time slot, we have Tennessee at Mississippi State. Tennessee, a short one and a half point favorite, so that should be a close game. Total of 136. The model thinks it should be over 136. Yesterday, I locked in a B pick on the over 135 and a half. Uh, the model is six and two on Mississippi State over edges this season. I don't see any reason why that trend stops. I think this number is a little bit too low, so we have a bit of an edge there. So take the over here and root for points. Jake, who wins this tight matchup here to close out the evening on the late game? Uh, even though it's on the road, Tennessee's been playing better. I'm, I'm taking Tennessee. Uh, I mean, minus one, really, just taking them to win. Uh, but uh, they believe it or not, they're three and zero as a road favorite. And so when when they have been favored on the road, they do. It's been in good spots. Um, they just picked a terrible time to lose Kamwa. Like, they, like losing him is hurts anyway. But when you're going against a team that's got a good front line like this Mississippi State team, it's going to be it's a bad timing. Um, 
but so they need Flosich and Fulkerson to really step up and maybe even Huntley Hatfield to eat, eat those minutes. And they're really going to need a good shooting night from uh, Chandler and Viscovi and, and the rest of their guards. Maybe Powell or Victor Bailey shows up, eats some minutes because Kamal was able to step out and hit some threes. So it's a big loss for, for the Cincinnati team. But I think they've got enough to get it done. Uh, Mississippi State's not the greatest offense in the world. Iverson Molinar is really the only guard you have to worry about. And they've, Mississippi State as a team turns it over about 18% of the time. And I think that's too much for a Tennessee team that forces about 18 turnovers a game and get, averages about 10 to 11 steals a game. And so it's been – they're very high-pressure defense, and I think it's going to be a little too much for Mississippi State to, to overcome. And I think Tennessee – gets another road win and kind of continues the streak they're on because they're hitting about in the last three, they've hit about 50% of their threes. So they might, they may have finally broke out of that cold streak, but, but and that, that helps you over if they keep that shooting percentage up. Yeah. It reminds me of the last, last night's game, uh, Wyoming, Utah state, right? I had the over, we didn't talk about it on pod, but I had the over and then you had Wyoming and um, I guess we talked, you had a buzzer beater, right? But I, we didn't talk about the total. Um, I had the over on that one. Of course it gets to the end of the game and we were kind of rooting for the same thing. Get to overtime, get us over. Then Wyoming wins by two, covers your one and a half. I feel like we're kind of rooting for the same thing here. Let's get to overtime. Yeah. Tennessee wins by two. Everybody wins. We go home happy, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I prefer this to get the over in regulation. Being a Tennessee fan, I don't know if I can go through the heartache of overtime, but you know, I'll take the win where I can get it. Exactly, exactly. And that leads us to our buzzer beaters, your exclusive pod content here. The A-plus play of the day. I'm laying 10 with UNC Asheville tonight. Uh, the model has not uh, made that calibration. I tweeted about this a little bit. It was getting a little favorite heavy. And so calibrated the model here entering Sunday. It's done really well since then. Um, it's not calibrated to to take big favorites. That's kind of by design. So when it does like a big favorite, I say let's roll. It really likes UNC Asheville minus 10. So I'm rolling with that as the A-plus play of the day. Similar logic here for the best B-side. A late game for Florida State. It's a 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central start. I'm laying 10.5 of Florida State versus Pittsburgh. Uh, the model is... Uh, when it's only time, it's backed the Seminoles on an A or B pick, and it's four and two on pit fades. Um, Pittsburgh is really bad, people. And so I think this is one where Florida State just wins by 20, puts everybody to sleep there with that late tip off. Every dog has its day, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Central, North Florida. I'm taking them plus 120. On the money line is a B pick against Bellarmine. Um, don't be fooled by the records. The records are very different, but North Florida is the 77th ranked strength of schedule, according to Ken Palm. Bellarmine's up into the mid 100s. So North Florida, not a great record, but they've kind of earned some of those losses by playing some better teams, relatively speaking. At home, I think this is a toss-up, right? Bellarmine is the better team, but at home, I think it's a toss-up. So you're getting plus 120, you're getting value, right? These aren't always going to hit, but every once in a while, we can get those plus odds there on these 50-50 games. I think it's a great value. The plug your nose and play anyway, I have a doozy for you here. 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Eastern, Binghamton, plus 17 and a half at Vermont. Look, Vermont, don't be cruel. Just go out and win by 14. Everybody's happy, right? There's no reason for you to go out and win by 30 or something. We know Vermont is capable of this, and the, the, the fear sometimes these plug-your-nose-and-play games, sometimes things just get out of hand. It happened last night. But in the situation where we can avoid Vermont just completely you know, being unable to miss situation right like that, um, this is a situation where conference games don't 
tend to end up in 20-point victories. They can occasionally, but overall, I like getting a ton of points there, getting over two touchdowns and the field goal. And a little afternoon delight. I'm kind of squeezing this in. We'll call this the late afternoon delight, the standalone okay. earlier in the day game. So if you're looking for a little action uh, early on your Wednesday evening here, 5 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Central, Cornell at Columbia, this game is going to be ugly I'm taking the under 158 and a half. It is a lot of points. There will be a lot of points in this one. I'm thinking this is going to be a sleepy second half when you adjust these totals for the expected way the game is going. There are more likely scenarios where this game is a 25-point game, and we have one of those scenarios where the last four minutes there's one point or something because these teams have just absolutely given up. So that's not to say that will happen. That's just that's helping our odds of getting the under here, even though there will be a lot of points in it. So I think under is the smart play for that late afternoon tip between Cornell and Columbia. Jake, what are your buzzer beaters? Yeah, yeah. I really like your North Florida pick. I think I'm on Bellarmine tonight, Just, but I, I like the idea of that for a dog because I think it's a look-ahead spot for Bellarmine. They're looking for Jacksonville State, and that to determine the one seed on that side of their conference. So it could be a good, good little spot for them. But right. my buzzer beaters, I love the San Diego State team. They're really good defensively, and I absolutely love fading San Jose State. It makes me so happy because they are just so bad. They are really so bad. So I think I think their defense, San Diego State's defense, is enough to get them the 15 they need to cover this, and maybe even more. Um, and then I really like Wake Forest. I think I think it'll be a fun battle with Alondis Williams and uh, Dearborn Dearborn going at it. But I think. Wake Forest has got a little more help and a little better defensively than what NC State will be. So I think they go into NC State, win by 5 to 10 kind of range, and take care of their business and get us a win there. All right, and that is all that we have for you today. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Picks with the Professor. Reminder, check out that Google Sheet for all picks and totals for every game today. If you haven't done so yet, click that subscribe button. We'll get you a new episode every weekday of the college basketball season. And we'll do that live chat Q&A session on Saturdays where you can post in the chat about any game you want. We'll let you know what we think. We will see you tomorrow. And until then, remember, you can eat your betting money, but please don't bet your eating money.